This is a Culture Inject production. The Nevers Podcast presents In Conversation With by stage and television actress Anna Devlin. Anna's credits include All the Money in the World, 12 Monkeys, Hannah, Cat and the Band and The Nevers. Anna plays 10 feet tall Primrose Chataway in The Nevers. So welcome to The Nevers podcast Anna and thank you for joining me today. Thanks, it's nice to be here. So to start things off, where did you grow up? I grew up in London, yeah. Kind of on the cusp of Hackney and Islington. So two quite different areas that are actually really close together and I went to um quite a sheltered middle class primary school and then quite a huge unsheltered um secondary school in Hackney so I feel like I've, I've done the London experience <laughs> <laughs> and uh when did you start acting I started acting when I was about 12 uh, until then I kind of wanted to be a pet doctor and have <laughs> just loads of pets in a pet hotel. Um, yeah, about 12, I started doing drama classes after school and then just been hooked ever since. So my next question was, was acting something you always wanted to do? So you did want to be a vet, but once you started acting at 12, that that was it. You was like, you wanted to be an actress. and Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'd always... Um, I'd grown up watching my auntie and my granddad in lots of plays and things. And I always just thought it looked like the coolest job ever. And I just loved them so much. And I just thought they were amazing. So it always been an influence, but I think it wasn't until I started GCSE drama at school that I thought, actually, this could be something that I'd want to do. And uh, then what was your first professional acting role? My first professional acting role. Well, I did actually do some professional work for an English language DVD, which was quite funny. Um, <laughs> so, you know, when you study a language and you get those textbooks and they have pictures in them. Uh, so I did a bit of that, which was quite funny um, with mm-hmm. a friend. Uh, but aside from that, I then did a play at the Almeida Theatre in London which was so much fun and after that it's just been all I want to do it was just such an incredible experience uh I loved it it was it was amazing and I got to work with some really incredible actors as well and ones I was already a fan of and still am so I just feel really grateful for that experience (laughs) So as you just mentioned, you, you're a stage actor as well. Do you have plans to return to the stage? And, and do you have a preference between the two, stage or uh, television and film? I would love to be on stage again. I love it so much. It's it's really different from film, obviously, because you get a lot of rehearsal time. And that's what I really love about it, is the chance to kind of explore the character and the play and the themes of the play with your other actors. Whereas when you're doing TV and film, it's it's quite an independent journey that you have to do on your own. And I really like sharing that journey. And so that's why I love theatre. And obviously it's 
really exciting to kind of gauge audience reaction instantly. It's also a bit terrifying, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I would love to do theatre again. It's it's quite hard to break into, I think, and it's a lot more competitive, especially right now when there's so little theatre going on and the theatre scene's really struggling in the UK right now. And I just I just really hope that, you know, as things open up more and more, uh, lots of people get out to the theatres and bring it back. Yes, I agree with you. The revival of theatre is going to be um, fantastic. So take us back to auditioning for The Nevers. Was it a long process? And, you know, did you have multiple callbacks? You know, what was it like? And and then do you remember where you were when you found out that you'd, you'd gained the role? So auditioning for The Nevers was a bit crazy. <laughs> I just remember getting the casting through and reading the script and being like, wow, this is the best audition script I've ever read in my life. It sounds incredible. And it also just sounded like the exact kind of thing I love to watch. So that made it a little bit intimidating, not to mention all of the incredible names that were attached. So it was quite frightening <laughs> and I didn't expect to get very far. You know, it it's a big show, lots of people. I knew loads of people would be going up for it. So I just kind of decided to just go in and have some fun. And yeah, it was quite scary <laughs> and it was quite drawn out as well. But I just felt so excited about it and and as I say I never expected to get it so I just tried to enjoy it and um when I eventually did find out I got it it just blew my mind I couldn't believe it for a really long time I just couldn't believe it and I was celebrating with my agents and my family and it still didn't quite sink in until my first day on set where I was just like wow okay this is real sounds like a very exciting um process I, I find that a lot when you speak to actors it's um to go in and really enjoy the audition and not think about the end goal of just obtaining the the role it's mm. about you know enjoying the the process so Viola Pretagion who plays Myrtle uh, she said that she also auditioned for the role of Primrose were there any other characters in the Nevers that you auditioned for or it was just the role of Primrose? No, um, I actually also auditioned for Myrtle as well. Okay. Except it just went terribly. <laughs> so I got the audition sides through for that and it didn't make any sense to me because they didn't want to give very much away about the show. And all of her sides to me just looked like gibberish. I, I couldn't make sense of it at all. And so I kind of just went into the audition room making lots of noises instead of speaking different languages and made a complete fool of myself. And it was just a disaster. It was such a disaster. And I really thought, okay, well, they're not going to cast me in a different character if they think I'm this stupid. Um, but luckily they gave me another chance and um, I felt quite lucky about that. Although I didn't actually know Primrose was a giant until the very last audition. And I was in the room and I was just about to perform and they were just like, oh, one second. Uh, by the way, you're a giant. Okay, go. <laughs> and that was so mortifying. 
because I had no idea what to do with that information. How can I suddenly perform this as a giant, but not overact it and do like this silly like stomping around or anything? But then I kind of quickly realized after a couple of goes that it doesn't actually make that much of a difference because although Primrose is a giant, she's still a person just like me. And she would still want to carry herself and come across like a normal girl. So, yeah, it, it, there was a learning curve on that one. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a good one. Um, I think you've touched already on how kind of terrifying it can be going into auditions and things. Um, do you still get nervous when acting? And if so, how do you manage that? Oh, for sure. I, I definitely get very nervous especially working on a show this big when you feel like there's a lot riding on you to get it right because there are so many people there they all need to move on to the next thing in an hour or whatever um and so that they're all kind of waiting for you to get it right which can feel like a lot of pressure but I think the best thing that I've learned is just accepting that you're going to be very scared and accepting that you're going to be nervous and then just kind of letting that sit there because I think as soon as you start panicking oh I'm so nervous what am I going to do I'm so nervous um it can really put you off and kind of stop you from getting into your role and I think the best thing you can do is just let yourself be scared let yourself be vulnerable because actually that's a really important way into a part you know, one of the scariest things about performing for camera is letting the camera see your vulnerability. And if you just let go and allow that, I think it makes it a lot easier. And it, it just it just makes way for a better performance, I think. So, yeah, just accepting the nerves and, and rolling with it. We also chatted with actor George Dawson and he said that he saw a bit of himself in his character. He plays Arthur Twimble, which is uh, Dr. Haig's assistant. Is there anything about Primrose that you identify with or that, you know, you've brought from yourself to the character? Definitely. I think probably the thing that I connect with, with Primrose the most on a personal level is her empathy. She's really really empathetic and I think you find that in a lot of scenes in the first half of the season because you know there are lots of moments where characters are suffering like Myrtle for instance and you know Primrose finds her and she feels for her and I really feel like she hurts for the characters around her who are hurting and that's just something I I really connect with because I'm very empathetic, a bit too empathetic, I think, mm-hmm. um, especially for the world we're living in. It can make things a little bit difficult, but it's it, it can it can be a kind of superpower in itself, I think, because it's it's a difficult place to be in the orphanage when so many people feel ostracized and alone. And I think having someone there who's going to feel for you and notice your emotions can can be a really nice thing so that's something I love about playing Primrose I get to kind of share that with her oh that's really nice and I think empathy is obviously becoming a big theme in the show um 
So calling back to you being a giant, you know, you're playing this 10 foot tall character. Are a lot of your scenes filmed on your own, like with green screen, or are you still able to kind of interact with the rest of the cast? Well, what the goal is every scene is to be able to do it with the whole cast um, as much as possible. I'm always there on the day. I'm always, you know, on set quite often. I will be just out of frame so I can kind of feel the energy everyone's giving and really feel like I'm in the scene. And then sometimes we'll shoot it again, but just just me in shot. Um, but the act is always there and I feel really grateful for that. Uh, there is quite a lot of green screen, but around the green screen is this incredible set, <laughs> um, which is just so beautiful and immersive. And so I still feel very in it. I feel quite lucky about that. I don't get whisked off to some studio far away in this just green screen everywhere. Um, I I feel quite lucky about it. And, and sometimes they even create tiny little sets for me to walk around in. And then I get to really feel like a giant, which is fun. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. But yeah, that that would be really cool. Yeah, miniature little sets for you to walk around. Yeah, that's interesting. That's that's nice that you get to kind of really be be there with them because obviously, especially nowadays with a lot of films and telly being so like CGI heavy, I think a lot of actors have struggled with being in, like you say, just a completely green studio and trying to get this performance out. Yeah. So that's nice that you get to actually be there. So what sort of roles are you attracted to as an actor just in general? I really get drawn to roles with vulnerability. Uh, I like to see vulnerability in a character. I feel like it's it's my way into a role, but it doesn't have to be immediately apparent. I I quite like it when sometimes you have to dig for it a bit and it doesn't come across instantly. They don't show it to the outside world, but I like to see it and I like to know it's there. And are there any challenges in particular to playing Primrose? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, well, because it's so technical, a lot of things, whenever I've got to move, it can become quite challenging because there's lots of things I have to remember and to kind of duck through this door in a very, very particular way when it doesn't exist. <laughs> and I've got to kind of imagine that I don't fit. Whereas in real life, I'm a lot smaller than everyone else. I'm a very small person. I'm five foot. So that's been quite a hurdle for me is just trying to imagine the embodiment of, of when you don't fit. Um, but that, you know, there are ways that, that that's been helped. I sometimes get to go on these big platforms, these green screen platforms that actually bring me up to Primrose Height, which really helps because then I feel huge and I stick out and everybody kind of looks up at who's on the platform. Um, but actually, I was a bit scared of heights when I started the show. So that was a challenge in itself. Scared of heights and playing a giant. Yes, yeah. good. <laughs> so the cast all seem to get along really well with one another. Who would you say you spend the most time with on set? Definitely Viola. Definitely Viola. I think Primrose and Myrtle have a really special friendship in the show which you kind of get to see blossom throughout the season and I think we're, we're drawn to each other immediately because 
both of us, you know, even in the orphanage where everyone's different, we both stick out for different reasons. I mean, I'm huge (laughs) and she can't communicate with anyone. And so we kind of connect on that level and we're a similar age and we just want a friend and someone to love. So, so yeah, definitely Viola, we spend a lot of time together. And uh, how do you spend your time in between takes when you're on set? In between takes, I'm probably snacking. (laughs) It's one of my favourite pastimes. I love to have a snack. I love to have some kind of chocolate to nibble on, (laughs) maybe a Coke, to keep my energy levels up. I like to read a lot. Um, I find it quite helpful for this show if I'm reading, because Primrose loves to read as well. Um, I quite like to pick up books that were coming out at the time that the show was set to kind of get myself in Primrose's mindset and what she might be reading about and thinking about in her life. Um, So I like to do that as well. Mm, That's cool. I like that. You've mentioned already about some of the amazing sets that you get to be a part of. Um, So the set design uh, is by Gemma Jackson um, and it's incredible in this show. Do you have a favourite piece, maybe the orphanage or the workshop or even possibly Dr. Haig's lab? Oh, Dr. Haig's lab is very cool. I didn't get to see it until watching the show, but I'm also just a really big fan of Dennis O'Hare. So just to watch him and his performance and that place is incredible. It's it just looks like it's from another world, which I really love. I feel like in the show, you know, the, all the sets are amazing, but what's so great about it is you get such variation in the locations. And there are these kind of big, beautiful, grand manor houses, and then these like dingy, dark caves and um, like laboratories with, you know, all of these kind of steampunk themes. Um, so I think it's the range of them that, that I love watching. Like when I'm watching it as a viewer, that's that's what I like to see. Yeah, it's a very eclectic mix. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, an amazing visual show. You just mentioned about Dennis O'Hare. Um, who are some of your favourite role models in the industry? And is there anyone, you know, who you really admire? Definitely, definitely. There are so many people I admire. I mean, immediately... I'm a very big horror fan. I love horror films. I love horror shows. It's my thing. So there are some really incredible women in that kind of area of the industry. I'm a very big fan of Vera Farmiga. I think she's an incredible actress. And I've seen her in some beautiful horror things like Bates Motel, the TV show. She is amazing in that. I've also seen her in some not very good horror films, but her performance is just so incredible. She can say the most ridiculous lines with such conviction and just completely take me there. So I'm a very big fan of her. And Sarah Paulson, I think is amazing. There are just, there's so many female actors in the kind of horror scene that really, really inspire me. And is there a dream role that you would like to take on? So many. (laughs) There are so many. But I would really like to do horror, I think. But I think for me, it would be more exciting to get to play a more villainous character. Um, 
because quite often, you know, I've had castings for horror films before and it's kind of scared teenage girl. And I'm not that interested in that. I want to, I want to play threat. I would like to kind of play around with that um, being the scary thing in a horror film. I think that would be a lot of fun. You'll be attending this year's Reading Comic Con. Uh, will this be your first Comic Con convention? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I've never been to one before. Um, but they look like a lot of fun and I'm a bit of a geek myself. So I'm just excited of different cool people I'll get to meet there and, you know, see what it's like. I've always wanted to go to San Diego, Comic-Con and stuff like that. So this will be fun to kind of dip my toe in, see what it's like. Um, yeah. And maybe I'll get to meet people I'm a fan of. Yeah, you know, one of the first things I thought when I watched this show was um, cosplaying because I've been to conventions before and I do like dressing up and I thought to myself, wouldn't it be great? Because this is not just, you know, it's it's not just totally fantasy. It's also helmed in reality because we're in Victorian London. Mm. So the costumes are just fantastic. But it gives you an opportunity as a cosplayer to dress, you know, like kind of steampunk-esque, but real Victoria London and go to a, a Comic-Con convention. So I, I, I hope that you'll see some really awesome Nevers um, cosplay when you're there. That would be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so outside of acting, uh, do you have any other interests? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I love drawing. Uh, I do life drawing every week, which I really enjoy. Uh, I'm studying classical history at the moment at university just for fun (laughs) not planning on taking it anywhere just I find it really fascinating Uh, yeah I love nature I love animals I love being in nature yeah and uh, so this is our last question Um, if you could have a unique ability or superpower of your own what would it be and that could be anything not necessarily something we've seen in the show but anything out of your head what would you be able to do now I've had a lot of time to think about this one it's one I get asked a lot for the nevers understandably because there are so many cool powers and it's fun to imagine having some of them and before I've kind of thought you know food's my favorite thing so food it would be very cool to be able to create food but I kind of love homemade food and the fact that it's been like made with love by person you love so I've I've pushed that out the window but I think probably the ability to travel across the world like just teleport there wherever I want in the world and then I can travel explore experience different cultures go on holiday without having to do all the faff of everything you know you could just go to Tokyo for the afternoon or something it would just be incredible yeah, and I really hate flying, so I wouldn't have to do that. That's This is great. So this is our fourth interview uh, with actors from The Nevers, and you've all said the same thing. Really? <laughs> really, oh, yeah. Wow. Um, I'm pretty sure every, yeah. Because it is such a great ability, and it's kind of like, you know, how much time, if you really do love travelling, it's a lot of wasted time kind of in your life, isn't mm. it, sitting on a plane or on a train? And if you could just instantly go there, not only that, but it would have a really good environmental impact as well. If everyone could just teleport, we wouldn't need cars or planes or anything like that. Oh, gosh, yeah, that's okay. sorry. <laughs> I had no idea. But yes, yeah, no, it's really funny. It's, it's just, um, yeah, funny because a lot, I don't know. Well, I don't it must know. Be, you know, the, the current climate 
it's everybody's waiting for a holiday I feel like everyone's just desperate to get away from home um let's get away (laughs) that makes sense I guess it's just a very practical one very practical I feel like a lot of people usually go straight to the like invisibility or I don't know controlling people's minds like really like super power-esque things that you'd use if you was a villain or a hero travel is like the most practical application of (laughs) of a superpower it's but it's super handy. It's great. No, that is, um, we'll have to see. If this continues on and every single one of you says that this is the power you'd want, I don't know if you've been kind of like all talking about this in the background. And you've, <laughs> you've all joined together and was like, let's all say teleportation. <laughs> no. um, well, thank you so much for chatting um, with me today. Uh, would you like, is there any social media or anything you'd like to share? I don't know if you know you do anything else online that you might want to promote or this is just your time to do that not really just um I'm just Anna Devlin on Instagram I post some kind of behind the scenes stuff sometimes which is quite fun um and just watch the nervous (laughs) if you haven't already and get excited for the next half of the season because it's looking pretty exciting yeah we are we are very excited um yeah I think a lot of our listeners are kind of we've had some letters in about hoping to see you see primrose kind of you know fighting i guess because Mm. she's a giant and but as you say she's this empathetic character and she's kind of you know this innocent young girl still i don't know if she's gonna i don't know personally i don't know if she's gonna get involved in any in any fighting i'd hope not because just because she's giant doesn't necessarily mean you know that she's like invincible like she could still get her kind of in my eyes and sure. I think that the other characters want to protect her yeah um I I have a similar feeling to, to both you and the people that have been writing in I felt the kind of want to protect her because she's she is so sweet and naive but I think you know we can all hope that there will come a point that Primrose can kind of accept the situation that she's in and actually you know although she can't be the kind of perfect little lady that she dreamed of being um there is something quite cool about being that big and you know Mm. it it comes with some power which is quite exciting but yeah it, it would be cool but but I'm I don't know I don't know um I hope that at least she gets to kind of go wait a minute this is actually quite awesome (laughs) I can I can protect the people I love well we all look very forward to seeing wherever Primrose journey takes her and uh yeah so thanks again for chatting with us today thank you everyone that's listening and for tuning into the Nevers podcast well thank you I had fun This episode of the Nevers Podcast was written, researched, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Studios. The intro and outro music was produced by Gilirme Morais. We are more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. 
You can keep up to date on The Nevers and chat with other fans by visiting hbothenevers.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search HBO The Nevers, all one word, and click that follow button. The Nevers Podcast is not endorsed by Mutant Enemy, Warner Media Entertainment, or any of its subsidiaries, including Home Box Office, HBO, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. The Nevers and all names, pictures, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective copyright holders.